Hello, my name is Ryan, and welcome to Anime Nation. Today we're talking anime movies. I got two lovely gents to talk about them with. I got the littest guy in lit RPGs, my boy, Richie. How's it going, Richie? I like that intro a lot better than my last one, so I'm really excited. That just made my day a lot better. Thank you so much, Ryan. No problem. Glad to know you're doing well. And a JRPG connoisseur, one of the biggest Persona 5 fans I know. How's it going, John? It's going pretty good. Speaking of Persona 5, I've been playing a lot of Persona 5 Strikers and I'm having a great time. How is so, it? Living up to the name. Um, it's it's a little grindy. Um, and not so much in a bad way, just that whenever you come across, uh, across a boss, you never really know what type it's going to have. And like type advantages and weaknesses are a big deal in this game. So it's just a good idea to keep everyone like even. So I'm just kind of constantly jumping in and out of dungeons just to like make sure everyone's like about the same level and getting new stuff. But uh, other than that, it's it's Persona 5, the sequel. I really, really dig that. The story is pretty good. Um, just similar concepts, uh, except it's a road trip now. So we're going to different towns and stuff's messed up. And there's Phantom Thieving. Okay. Glad to hear. And now we're going to start with getting into the big topic of Jacob. It's a big topic. Anime movies. A a genre I feel like you get into when it when you first get into anime. Like you watch a lot of Ghibli films, watch a lot of anime movies. And then you kinda just did you you kinda leave them all for a while until like things like your name and stuff come out. But not something you really intake a lot once you're past that beginning spot in anime and all that. So I figure, time to give some love to some anime movies. I'm going to start this off with giving it over to Richie for his first movie. Ooh, I don't know which one I want to pick for my first one. Um, honestly, okay, I think I'm going to go with a favorite. I didn't know how I was going to feel about going into this movie, uh, but the Nino Kuni movie that was on Netflix. I love oh. the game. And I... <clears throat> love how the art style of um, the games have like that, that Ghibli uh, um, art style to it. And then when someone said, Hey, they're making a Nino Kuni movie. I was like, I'm, I'm down. Like hit me. Like, I was like, are we going to follow one of the main protagonists? They're like, no, it's a completely new story. Okay. I'm, I'm all for it. And then I watched it and, um, I was already having a bad day. Like I was already emotional and that movie just broke me to the point of, I did not want to watch it again, but I ended up watching it again just to make sure I caught everything. And then I was just like, yeah, this is, this is good story right here. And the animation style for it is absolutely fantastic. um, The movie itself, um, like with the story is just beautiful. And it's, it is a tearjerker. Like, I, I was fighting back tears, and I was like, all right, let's go. Let's go another round. I'm ready for this. Now, is it... So it's in a different universe than the first Neo Kuni? Is it a Final Fantasy-type situation? So different it takes place zone? on Earth, but it also takes place in um, the actual world of Neo Kuni and the, the kingdom and everything. And I think... Let me re 
check to make sure that it's a different um because i want to say like it's in the same of the three of the kingdoms um ding dong dell i'm like 90 oh, percent yeah. sure oh and i'm looking i can't remember but yeah it's i'm like pretty sure it's in that ding dong dell like kingdom and everything is and the, is the cat guy the king uh no it's actually a human king okay so it's like for and the the premise is it's three best friends um pretty much travel to the the world they jump back and forth between the realities and everything because uh their friend her soul is in danger because it's connected to someone in the um the kingdom universe so you have modern day and then you have the kingdom yeah. universe so she's a princess in that universe over here she's just a high school student having a having a bad time so her life's in danger, and they're like, okay, well, we have to go save her. So they get sucked through the portal. And one of the friends is actually um, paralyzed. So he's in a wheelchair for most of the, um, like, when he's on Earth. But when he's in the actual kingdom, he can walk. And there's a whole thing behind that. And there's a reason why you you learn throughout the movie why they're, they don't have their souls, their soul others, in the uh, Nino Kuni kingdom. And at the end, it's the big reveal of why they don't. And like a lot of people I saw didn't like that. And I was like, that is heartwarming. Like this is depressing, but it's also heartwarming. Let's go. So is it who, who did this movie? Was it Ghibli? It's done in the Ghibli art style, but I don't think it was actually Ghibli that did it. So, uh, with Nino Cooney, like the sequel as well, uh, it's not they they weren't able to say that um they were working with Ghibli, but both of the games had the same people involved on the animation and character design. It's just that after uh the wind rises, Miyazaki was like. Ghibli is not animation anymore. I'm not doing any more movies. So they couldn't say that they were Ghibli employees, but it uses the same people. I'm wondering if the same character designers that were in Nino Kuni were in the movie or in um, the video. So, games. so the director was Yoshiyuki Momos. I, I can't pronounce it, and I, I'm going to butcher it really badly. Yeah, I'm looking it up now. Um,. And then the director or the writer for the screen story and the screenplay is Akiro Hino. <laughs> so like this, like honestly, this movie is what restored my love for the uh, the like Ghibli animation, and like it's kind of bad. Like that, I'm going with like the video game anime movies for for this podcast, but those are the ones I just, I feel like I enjoy the most mm-hmm. except for my one of them. Okay, so two so of them are going to be video game inspired. The, so the, it, the oh, yeah, director of it was a key director in uh, Princess Mononoke, Pocoroso, and Spirited Away. So some real heavy hitters out of Ghibli who was yeah. the director on the animation front. On Only Yesterday and Pompoko as well. Mm, I didn't see it only yesterday. And Pompoko. Um, 
uh, storyboard yeah. visual design. So not so much animation, okay. but that's still like a key part in like forming the animation style of a movie. If, um, if you haven't if you haven't seen the movie, it is on Netflix. Um, you can either watch the dub or the uh, sub version of it. I watched the dub just because, as I've talked to Ryan about this, hardcore dyslexia trying to follow a story and reading at the same time while there's a lot of action on the screen. It doesn't mix. It, it just doesn't. Yeah. So there there's a movie i'm not sure ryan might pick it but if not i'll bring it up but there's a movie that i might talk about that i saw it subbed first and like halfway through the movie i was like the next time i see this movie i'm watching it dubbed because the subtitles are getting in the way of the action and i it is one of the few times that i felt that way like i'm um, curious to see which movie this all right is and uh, i think with that let's move on to john's first pick here what you got for me, okay. man? Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Do you want? I got, I got two ideas for where I want to go next. Do you want something modern, or do you want something classic? You can do a modern one. Okay, okay. I'm gonna click the other one eventually. Uh, let's just go to what I was talking about. Promare. I saw Promare in September 2019. Uh, when they re- released the subtitled version into theaters with. Uh, my brother and his girlfriend, and mm-hmm. I was astounded by the visuals, the effects, um, all of the stuff going on in that movie. But the problem was, it's it's a it's a studio trigger movie, and so when the anime man is like charging up his giant, um, he uses like an umbrella thingy that in ancient Japan they would use to like ward off uh, fire on hatch roofs by like blowing wind at it. And he starts, like, doing, like, he has a robot that's, like, doing a version of that that's, like, galactic Milky Way bullshit. Um, And he's, like, doing this huge speech about how he has, like, the power of humankind and he's gonna save people. And I'm like, I can't keep up with the speech because I I can't tell where the subtitles end and where, like, all the special effects begins. Um, But as for what Promare is about, so Promare is the first actual original film from Hiroyuki Imaishi and the Studio Trigger team. Uh, Hiroyuki Imaishi is the director of uh, Kill a Kill at um, at Studio Trigger, but before that he was at Gainax and he made Gurren Lagann. He worked on Penny and Stocking. Um, He also uh, did Fooly Cooly. Worked on Um, Ava. Yeah, he works on Ava. Uh, he's been around, um, and the issue that he had with everything up until he formed Studio Trigger was Gainax was just really bad with money. Um, they they were bad with mo- managing money, and that's why Ava just like I mean, the end of Ava is drawn in crayon. Yeah, yeah, no, there there are moments where you can tell where they were like, okay, so we have this many frames, we can reuse them. Uh, this shot is storyboarded; we can show the storyboards. All right, let's see what we can do. I'm just going to draw a squiggly line, and we'll see how how we can get that working. So um, they ran into that. You could tell in a Gainax show, the minute the budget ran out, and what scene killed the budget. Every Gainax show had it. Yep, yep. Um, They were a little better with Gurren Lagann, 
But you could tell that they were like, all right, so the first like half of the show, we're going to see what we can do to get by so that we can, with the last four episodes, just go hog wild. And like everything is in those last four episodes. But some of those early four, first four episodes, there's one where they like had a guest director on and the guy was like, I'm just going to like do a couple frames for several seconds and just completely change the animation style for an entire episode, and it'll just not mesh with everything. Um, but then Panty and Stocking, uh, it's like a, a weird side point for them because it's a, uh, it's a it's a full comedy show, and the way it came out was they were at um, Anime Expo one year for talking about Gurren Lagann, and they got really really drunk on a. No, Saturday night. Friday night. Friday night. And they were watching Adult Swim, and they just thought... They couldn't understand any of the jokes, but they just thought it was hilarious what they, people could do on, like, Robot Chicken and those kind of shows. So they were like, let's make our own show that's, like, a parody of Powerpuff Girls and get, like, really crass humor with it. Um, and because they had simpler, like, designs and stuff, they were able to do a bunch of crazy stuff in the show. Like... There are action scenes in this comedy show that are, like, some of the best action scenes in animation of all time. Oh, the fight against the Devil Twins is real good. Yeah. It's real yeah, good. Yeah, like, you could tell that they were saving that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then Gainax was like, cool, uh, this didn't make a lot of money, so do you want to adapt an, a manga, a light novel? And they were like, no, we want to do original stuff. And they're like, well, there's a lot more money in adapting manga and light novels. And that's why he left Informed Studio Trigger, mm-hmm. because they were only interested in pursuing um, remakes of light novels and Ava. And then uh, Ano was like, hey, uh, you guys suck at funding my Ava project. I'm going to start my own company and steal Ava from you guys. And they were like, uh, I guess legally you can do that. So now Gainax just does nothing useful anymore and they shadow themselves. Um, but then with Studio Trigger... Uh, eventually they were able to make Kill a Kill, and Kill a Kill hits the entire way through. Um, And that's something that's cool about Kill a Kill, is that they do everything super good. Um, It's really well-paced. There is a joke in the, like, sixth or seventh episode where they're like, alright guys, uh, you know what time it is. We gotta recap. You might forget of what happened in the last episode, in the last couple episodes. And then in, in, like, 30 seconds, they're like, this fight, this fight, this fight, this fight. Alright, back to the action. That's right, Kill a Kill compilation episodes are like five seconds long let's go and the rest of the episode is a brand new episode it's just a dumb joke um and uh because of that and some of the other stuff they worked on eventually they got approached and they were like do you want to make a movie and they were like hell yeah so sorry for that long history of Imaishi and you and forgot one point there you forgot dolling in the frogs <laughs> So the the reason why I'm kind of like skipping over Darling and the Franks is because Hiroyuki Yamaishi did not work on that show. It That's was a fair. collaboration with A1 Studios, and in my opinion, it's kind of a train wreck. Oh, it's it's, not, it's hot garbage. It I has a great not, romance in there. Episode one through twelve is fantastic. The ending is worse than the ending of Ava. Oh God, yeah. Um, I, I hate it because like some of these. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so um, the good slash bad thing about all of the things that I've described when I said that panty and stocking was like 
Adult Swim humor. What I meant was every single one of these shows that I've described has like nudity and like uh, fan service and loot stuff in it. And then Panning and Stocking is like, that's the entire show. The entire show is two chicks who love having sex and eating candy just take off their underwear and use them to fight demons. And the difference between that and Gurren Lagann is that everyone wears their clothes, but one girl is like, I'm going to wear only a bikini, and that is all I will ever wear because oh, yeah, we live in the desert. So, and we don't need to question this. So I've watched Gurren Lagann uh, because um, my, my my ex got me to watch that, and I, I watched it, and I was just like, uh, I just I'm not I'm not seeing the appeal here. Like it's it's good, but it's just not like my, my style of anime. I I've seen the first season of Kill a Kill, and um, that that anime is wild. But I've already added uh, Promare to my list because I am very interested in this. Yeah. So um, one of the before I get into the plot, the best thing I can say about Promare is that it is the first. Studio Trigger, Gainax, Imaishi movie that I watched the entire way through and I was like, finally, a cool kick-ass animated movie TV show that is like really intense fight scenes, really cool over-the-top action that I can watch with my teenage sister. Because growing up, I would like watch Gurren Lagann and my little sister, like, I think she'd cut to like just a robot fight and she'd be like, I want to watch this show with you. And I was like, what are you doing here? Uh, you're going to have to leave because at some point Yoko's going to show up and then the 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 pig mole is going to jump into her cleavage, and that's going to be really awkward for everyone. Um, but Promare, um, the only fan service is that the main character never wears a shirt, um, or he does sometimes. But like, he's a firefighter that like loves taking off his shirt. But like, that's okay. Man nipples are okay. That's the world we live in, unfortunately. Isn't that like every firefighter though? Yes. Like what's the shirt? I mean. I think you're forgetting a few parts about uh, Promare, such as the lolly scientist in a bikini. Oh, Ryan, don't bring up lollies, please. Okay, to be fair, I am very dumb, and I thought she was a, like, genius teenager. Um, And she's wearing a lab coat around the bikini. You're right. The science is there. Yeah, yeah. The science is there. Um, (laughs) Joel. Somewhere right You're now. talking about the firefighter one, not the one that works with Prey. No, the firefighter. Okay. The one who um, makes all the tech. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I think of Lily as more personality, and, like, the other one, even though she's, like, older, she's all like, oh, I can't challenge anything. I mm-hmm. have to be quiet and just let everyone walk all over me, and it kind of sucks. Um, anyway, the premise for, for Promare is in our time right now, in real life, the world. Um, at some point, people are just doing their daily life, and they get real mad about something, and it activates, sort of like X-Men, a gene inside themselves that makes gives themselves incredible power, but specifically to burn shit. Like, just magical burning abilities, and so people just start exploding. The fire doesn't hurt them, they don't, like, die from, like, exploding, but, like, they just gotta shoot flames from their hands. And they keep talking about how they just have a uh, compulsion to burn things. Um, And then it sort of just goes like 50, 40, 70 years later. I can't remember. It's 50 years later. 50 years later. Um, And so they call these people the burnish. Um, They just can't stop burning things. 
and there is a I'm a little loose because I haven't watched this in a while, but um a there's a, a group dedicated to saving the people. Burnish. No, uh I was gonna describe the, the firefighters. Okay. Yeah, um they save people from the burnish. Mad Burnish is a terrorist group that just goes around setting things on fire seemingly indiscriminately. Um, but that's a red hangering. And the what's it called? The firefighter group um is mostly set about stopping them and saving people from them. And there's another group that is a bunch of police officers that do the actual arresting and uh, apprehension of the Mad Burnish, and you later find out that they, like, take these, like, anyone that has Burnish powers and, like, incriminates them, uh, imprisons them, um, men, children, and then you learn that uh, if the Burnish don't burn things, they eventually die. And it's really cool because at some point they start establishing, like, this whole push and pull between the... Mad, the burnish like being stuck in a situation where they're unhelpful to society but they can be redeemed in somewhat and like it's not like they want to hurt people they reveal that they always leave an escape route at some point um but then and then there's like even a scene where like there's a guy who's really good at making pizzas his name is marco he's really good at making pizzas um and then there's like a raid and they're like, oh, we heard someone here is a burnish and turns out the guy who makes the pizzas is a burnish because he can make the wood oven stove like exactly the heat they need. Um, and so the main character, Gallo, is like a big guy who's like, I hate people who burn things. I hate fires. And that's why I'm firefighter. Gallo is the biggest himbo in anime. That's the best way to put it. Yes, yes. He is 100% like passionate. He is like, there is good, there is evil. I fight the evil. I am a good boy. And everyone is like, it's not that simple. And he's like, I'm just going to punch things to death. Um, he will punch out the fire. And uh, and he starts to like learn these things about the Vernish. And it like, he starts to like sort of change his minds on things. And to not avoid spoiling things as you go through the, the movie, like you start getting plot twists and things start switched around on you. Um, but the reason why I just bring it up is because like, it does a constant integrating of 3d and 2d animation, like all of the conversations and like, um, stuff that aren't fight is, it is like traditional 2d anime stuff of, uh, people talking together, hand drawn, but then so many of the fights, like the mecha fights, are technically 3D character models with like 2D effects drawn over them. Um, but it's like integrated back and forth. Sometimes you'll see like through the cockpit uh, window, you'll see the two characters as 2D models talking, t 2D illustrations talking to each other inside a 3D model. A 3D model will pick up the 2D ones and throw them and... The only reason why I can tell is because I've watched a lot of anime and I play a lot of video games and I know how, like, a flat image looks differently from, like, a three-dimensional image. But for a good chunk of that movie, when I first watched it, I was like, is this 3D? Is this 2D? It, it, I feel like it keeps switching and it was hard to tell. And eventually you just don't care because, like, shit, like, what if a 
fire dragon, like a dragon made out of fire, was just like flying through the sky, blowing things up, shooting like triangle flame blasts. Because they do this neat effect where all of the flames are like tiny, tiny triangles. And there's like a metaphor that you, that develops out of it towards the end of the movie. But it's also like the fire is triangles because triangles are like the basis of 3D models. And that's also like a cool thing in and of itself. Oh, this whole movie is just cool nods to the anime. It's all just, it's just a cool movie. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of dumb, but it's also like looks directly at the at the person watching and says, "Hey, yeah, it's dumb, but also oh, it's, it's ASX cool. Mark yeah, who dumb. gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, exactly." <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, now, John, where can I watch this movie? Well, you I can where, rent it on where? Amazon. Yeah, I own it on Amazon. That's probably you can use my Amazon account to watch. That's it. that's the oh, actually no, it's on HBO Max now. Oh, is it on oh, HBO? Max? Shit. Yeah. Um, right. Do we want to do a Discord watch along with this tonight? Yeah, Ooh. Um. Yeah, because uh, there. So there's a there's a weird company called G G G Kids. Yeah, they do a bunch of. Do they license it. Yeah, they have the license to. Okay. From there. That's cool. Um, they do a lot of anime movies now, and they're kind of like a. What's the word? Prestige, like anime licensee that brings. Like, I would call them the middleman, because Jib. Um, that's what I'm looking for. It stubbed five. Maybe we wanted to get away from Disney after a lot of things they didn't like that Disney would edit in and edit out. So they went to them, and that's kind of where I first heard G Kids is they would get the weirder Ghibli licenses, and now they pretty much, if it's an anime movie in the states, they're probably licensing it through G Kids. Yeah, I think the only exceptions are like Funimation gets everything like Dragon Ball Z or oh anything with like an owned license. All the big Shonen's are like still with the regular dubbers, but like mm-hmm. anything that's like a unique movie specific property goes through them. Um, I, yes. I'm looking at the cast list for it right now. And, uh, Crispin, uh, Freeman is in the dub version of it. Yes. And that, that, that has me sold. Like what you're talking about has me sold, but seeing this has me really sold now. Oh, he <laughs> is w- probably I think one of the best characters in the movie. Can you tell me who he plays. Cray. Cray Forsythe. Okay, he plays Cray. Yeah. Okay, I can see yeah. that. Like so, I'm, I'm, I'm over here like Winston Alucard, you know, Firefly yeah. from Arkham Origins. Like this is yeah. this has to be sold. Yeah, he does a very good. I mean, when has Crispin Freeman done a bad job? Like there That's are fair. only a select few people who have ma- managed to make the transition from like anime to like video game and animation acting and did, he was like he, one of the first uh, ones. Did he do Will Turner in Kingdom Hearts 2? I know he did in 3 and 3 was great, but Kingdom Hearts 2 was Port um, Royal was bad. I'm not sure. Looking right I, now. I think that was early earlier on in, in his career. Because that game came out in like 2006, so he might have still been doing it. He was Will Turner, yeah. Okay. That's he probably... Was, he was Setzer as well. Uh, yeah, the Final Fantasy VI character. Mm-hmm. 
He's the struggle fight boss. All right, let's get back on track. We're, we're going in the Kingdom Hearts territory, and it's a place what? where we can it all get stuck anime for hours. Nation. No, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, to sum things up, Promare is probably the most intense animated film I've ever seen. Um, it's just got really, 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 really good fight scenes. Um, just a very interesting, smart mix of 3D and 2D animation. Um, and while the story, it's not, it's not trying to be smart, but it's trying to keep you on your toes. Cause there are some plot twists. There are some, there are, there are themes there that are very interesting. And, um, it's very much like a good versus bad guys movie. Um, the way they did, there was a, when I saw it live in theaters, there was like a 15 minute interview that they aired, um, as soon as the movie ended yeah. with the creators. Cool. Yeah. And uh, Imaishi describes the, his uh, his style, the way the stuff he makes, like uh, Gurren Lagann and Kill a Kill. He calls it Kabuki style anime, and he's saying that like it's not supposed to be like super in deep or smart, but it's supposed to make you feel intensely. And like all the other animation animators that were there were talking like uh, they the they feeling. made like the emotions are very intense. There's a lot of situations where people like that's why this like all of these shows that i described have this dumb bullshit thing where like people get really mad and that makes them stronger people get really um excited and that makes them stronger and it's it's all about like self-empowerment by like believing that failure is impossible makes failure impossible it's redundant but um if you're ever like stressed or exhausted like this movie pumps you up oh, it, does. And it makes you ready to take on the world I, I, I just, I love it so much. Before we move on, no, thank you, John. I, I, that's actually a lot of fun. Uh, before we move on from there, I have two things I want to say on this movie before we go to my, my, my first movie. And one is a good friend of mine, Sarah, she went and saw this movie nine times in theaters while it was out. And I saw it like five with her. God damn, this movie just, it just slaps every time. Especially the music in it. The music is the second thing I want to give a shout out to. Damn. The music in this movie is phenomenal. It is on, it's next level. And this movie of the dumb but really well animated kind of story and all that. I mean, like, yeah, of course, John brought up the emotional stuff. Leads perfectly into my first movie. The first movie I'm talking about is 2009's Red Line. A oh, movie that is yeah, here we go. A movie that has nothing but balls to the wall action and true beauty of an animation. It is a anime movie made entirely out of uh, hand drawn animation in two thousand nine. Took them seven years to make this film. And by hand drawn, it's not like on a, on digital. It's like literally. No. <laughs> And yeah. printing flying on paper in 2009. It is one mm-hmm. of the most expensive anime movies ever made. And it looks gorgeous. Oh. I'm looking at screenshots for it right now. Yeah, take a look at them. Oh, it is. The, the way I would describe this movie is anime wacky racers starring Travis Touchdown of No More Heroes. That yeah. is not an exaggeration I'm, I'm at all. I, I am sold. That's that, all you need to is- know. That's all you need to know. And he's like, not wrong. This where movie, can I watch this? 
I believe it's also on Amazon. That's that's the one problem with these anime movies. They're like people don't like. Oh, them. one of mine. We'll get to. Uh, you can't even find. <laughs> oh no! But no, Redline yeah. is just. It's adrenaline shot into your veins. That's the best way to explain watching Redline. Yep. Is so so it's like watching Kick Ass Two. All right, I'm all down. <laughs> it is. It is just. The premise is very, 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 very simple. Once is it every ten years? Every ten, every ten, I forget. However many years, there's a big intergalactic street race that happens. It's Fast and the Furious meets anime meets space meets it, pompadours. What's so awesome is that it's not as simple as like once every ten years we show up and we just book it. No, it's. Uh, once every ten years, this giant spaceship just goes to a random planet and says, "Race!" Everyone shows mm-hmm. up. They race. That's it. The, like, just like two, and, like four sets of robots come up, and they're like, "This is the starting line. This is the finishing line. Go!" That's it. And, no rules. Just whack whatever race. you got that moves. Go. Races. The another thing that's cool about it is some of the co- the core designs of these big outlandish space vehicles, like super science fiction. And then the main character just drives a 1960s uh, freaking Mustang, the straight oh, American muscle car. It's a, it's a, they, it's specifically a Trans Am. Is it a Trans Am? Yeah, Mustangs now. Damn it! There's a good um, chunk of the movie that's just like, now why would this dude drive a Trans Am? And they're like, I'm gonna show you why. Look at this mm. engine. This is a space engine. It has neon <laughs> lights. It's a gamer yeah. engine. That's why he can drive a regular ass car because the, the engine, engine is based. The engine's lined up like this. This is how the engine yeah. looks. Oh yeah. god. Okay. Our... Damn it. <laughs> no. Uh, this movie the best without giving away anything and the keep time on place. My my selling points in this movie is just watch it for the pure fact that in two thousand nine they spent seven years hand drawing a fucking anime movie and also it's just fucking fun this movie like there's not a lot to it i'll admit that the story's a little weak but it's fun it's just fun to watch it's just uh, eye candy i'm i love a good eye candy so you know what i'm sold like if it's gonna get my adrenaline pumping and i'm gonna go make the boys proud and go to the gym let's do it let's watch it oh yeah exactly you look um, up a double feature of pro man you'll be moving Oh man, that is like cocaine, like pro I work tomorrow night. So what you're saying is before I go to work, watch red wine and pro Yeah. And then you'll they're, be uh, they're just like pure like when people think of like anime specifically and like the big balls to the walls like Dragon Ball Z fights or like mechas clashing against each other. They think of Promare and Redline are like the best examples of those. Um, just right. the cars, every like. Here's another way. Another way to phrase Redline is: What if Pod Racer the movie? Because every single car in Redline is like unique Red and like an extension of the driver. And um, they do such a good job of like, str- like they just warp the animation constantly. There's a part where the main character is like, "I'm gonna activate the nitrous." And it's just like in 
the very first Fast and the Furious where the game yeah. is like, whoa, it is like streaming and stuff, except it actually looks cool and not like a weird bleed screen effect that looks really, really cheap in 2001. <laughs> no, this movie is just pure eye candy, and I think that's the way I want to end this conversation is that it's just eye candy. Damn it. And with that, Richie, what's your second movie? Alright, so I was having trouble deciding if I wanted to talk about this movie when you approached me with this, and after a few weeks, I, I decided because of my love for the franchise, I'm going with another video game movie for anime, and that is Dragon Quest Your Story. The Dragon Quest movie that is based all around Dragon Quest V. And it is a weird hybrid of like 3D um, like CGI animation type. I don't know the proper uh, term for it, but um, it's also another one that's on uh, Netflix and it caught me by surprise. And I've actually never played Dragon Quest V. That is the one Dragon Quest game I've actually never played. And everyone's like, you need to play it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll watch this movie and see how I feel about the story. Damn it. I'm adding it to the list. Add it to the list. (laughs) Um, But overall, it has um, a stellar story because, I mean, it does follow the events of Dragon Quest V to the T up into a certain point, which is the big plot twist at the end. I don't want to. I kind of actually want to talk about the ending um, unless I get the veto from you both because a lot of people hated the ending's twist. Um, I am not aware of either Dragon Quest V or this film, so I'm fine, I guess. Also, I'm fine with that. Also, uh, thank you, Xcalus1, for the follow. Uh, I know him. That's, That's my boy. So... Um, so to start off, um, we have Yuri voicing Luca, who's the main character, which for the English dub, oh yeah. Okay. And like, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, all right, I'm sold. Cause I was playing Spider-Man when I watched this movie too. I watched everything dubbed, I I mean subbed. So who does that person voice and other things I'd know? You might know uh, Yuri. He's Yosuke in uh, Persona Four. He's Spider Man, Peter Parker, and you know Insomnia. Oh, Spider Man. Yeah. Okay, that that's the one you can say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 Yuri. I will forever know him as the English voice of Sasuke because yeah. Naruto and Toonami was like one of the first moments where I was like, okay, so this is what anime is. When I was like learning what anime <laughs> was and getting into it on a deeper level, as opposed to just whatever Toonami throws at it. Like, it was what was thrown at me, but at some point I caught up, and I was like, how do I watch more Naruto? And the internet was like, we've got 80 more episodes ready for you, buddy. And I was like, let's go. What, they're all filler? None of this matters? Fans translated? Fantastic. Okay, so just from looking at this movie, it really captures that Dragon Quest uh, Akira... Akira style, like yeah, that art style. Like I just it saw an like, image of a uh, king of uh, King Blob, and he's great. It, king Slime looks fantastic. The whole movie does look fantastic, and like it, like it captures every moment. Like I wanted it to. Like when I would think of a Dragon Quest movie, and apparently to the game, it's spot on. Um. I, so. The whole premise of it is it's called Your Story. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out at so it follows the hero's journey all the way up until the very end where he's supposed to quote unquote die. Mm-hmm. And then there's a glitch in the system. What is going on? What is this? Well, it turns out that it's actually just a VR game that he's playing at some convention. The main character isn't even Yuko or Luko. He's just he's a guy playing a game. And he's like, yeah, Dragon Quest was my favorite game growing up. I remember when my mom gave it to me on the Super Famicom back in the 1990s. And I was just like, this is what? And then like he goes back into the game, completely wrecks the final quote unquote boss and lives out his life in game like with the with his love life and his child. And I'm just like, this is some wholesome shit. I love it. Oh my god. Okay. And like a lot of people were like, this this twist was so unnecessary. Why don't you just follow the actual game? And I was like, Wow. It, the game the movie's called Your Story. This guy is making his story. It just it fits. And as the lit RPG fan in me, where a lot of lit RPG books are like, hey, you know, we're playing VR MMORPGs where we just make our own choices. Yes, I, was like, I was like, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. And like he at one point he gets frozen for like I think a like five years or something. And his kid comes back and finds his body and it's just like, what the hell is going on? But like it the animation is absolutely fantastic. The story, stellar. The voice acting, just like kick me in the face, it's that good. And like right. it does it does your like classic like tropes too, like, oh, he's in love or he thinks this princess is the girl for him, but he realizes he's been in love with his best friend all along. I do love that you, trope. You, you you sold me. That's a classic trope. Give it to me. Just let's right. go. Alright. It's rare, Richie, but I'm adding it to my list. So what you're telling me is this game is Roy the Game from Rick and Morty, but Dragon Quest. Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Except, you know, like, we we don't see his his death. That's that's the thing. We we just don't see it. Gotcha. Like, you get all the gut punches and everything of like, oh god, is this character gonna die? Oh, oh no. No, please no. And then, yeah, it's it's really good. And um, a lot of people said that the subs a lot better. Once again, I mainly do the dubs just because that's just how my mind thought process works a lot more efficiently. But I do plan on at some point watching the sub for this just to see like how different it is compared to the dub. Okay. And with that, we're going to move on to my boy John over here. What's your second movie? Okay, so I promise I won't go as overboard with this one. Um, but when I asked Modern versus Classic, this is the classic one I was thinking of. And I have to, at at some point, mention Kiki's Delivery Service because it is such an important game, uh, anime movie in my life because it was my first Miyazaki movie I ever watched. Uh, I was 10 years old, and it was my birthday. Um... And I think it was, like, just after, like, all the kids, like, had gone home. My mom was like, I don't want kids at my house too late. So it was, like, four or five in the afternoon because we, like, started early and ended early as well. Um, 
So at that time, Toonami once once a year would be like month of Miyazaki. We're gonna show a bunch of Miyazaki movies uh, in a row, and I didn't know who the hell Miyazaki was because I was ten. It was um, Happy Spirited Away was on TV. Uh, this was, I think, before Spirited Away came out. Like, well, it was no. This would have been like post Mononoke, but before Spirited Away, because it was like. 2001 or so. That sounds about right. Um, uh, so I was just, I, I was just like, okay, I'll watch this show, I guess. And I just see this witch girl saying goodbye to her family. And I'm like, oh, what's she doing? And she's just like, I'm just going to live in this town now. And I'm like, oh, a 13 year old is just going to fuck off and live alone in a city. Okay. And as a as a ten year old, I was I I just loved everything had to have fighting in it. Like I loved Powerpuff Girls, and my dad was like, "You shouldn't watch that. That's a girl show." And I'm like, "They're punching the teeth out of monsters." Like, how is this, <laughs> I if this is a girl show, I'm a girl, I guess. Um, because like that was cool to me, and somehow, like even as like a hyperactive ten year old, I was just sitting there and I was just like, "I'm just vibing." It's just like this girl is just like showing up, and I'm like, "Oh, the people don't like her." They're like, "Hey, I'm busy doing people stuff. It's a busy city in the middle of nondescript Europe, maybe Italy, perhaps." They they don't ever like. I think it's, it, I, I, it looks like Italy. It gave me Venice vibes. It's um, it's damn good. Uh, Kiki's delivery service is yeah. such to me. It is the anime equivalent of mac and cheese. It just makes you feel at home. Like, it's warm yeah. and comforting and nice and just a. It, well, I the past two anime movies we talked about was cocaine. Yeah. This is just a nice warm meal. This is just a nice time. I would call it life. a warm cup of cocoa with, uh, with some marshmallows inside. That's a lovely snowy day. So my experience with this movie, um, I watched it around this the same time. I think it was probably my second or third uh, um, Miyazaki film, which my first one will be my final one, and I'll I'll cover that. But the the tone difference between these two is so different. Yep. Like yep. And I just looked at the cast list, and I was today years old when I learned that uh, Kirsten Dunst was the English yep. voice for Kiki. Yep. No. How did I not know this? Yeah. How did I not know this? Because that was like that was pre Disney and in the weird time where because it, it I believe it was the, like the first thing where after Princess Mononoke came out never and film snobs were like holy shit this is a cartoon that they were like what other what other Miyazaki movies are we gotta get them we gotta sell just sell the shit out of it and so one of the more recent ones was well. At this point, it would have been like five, seven years old. Was Kiki's delivery service, and so uh, budding young actress at the time, Kirsten Dunst was like, "All right, you're gonna voice this teenage girl that's gonna be a witch lady." And then another one of the weird things that they did that's not super problematic, but is kind of like a not accurate to the Japanese version, was that they were like, "Let's make the cat sassy." You know, it's popular. Sabrina, the teenage witch. What did this black cat talk like the black cat in that show? Uh, so the black cat is always like making sassy jokes and 
lines and stuff. Wait, so the cat's not supposed to be sassy? Um, it's 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 more um in it is, but in the Japanese, it's more what's the word? Um, I would forward. Yeah, I call him. He's he's straight faced. He is. He it's, is the. Uh, stone like you know when it, when someone says something like straight laced, but it sounds funny that they're saying it in a regular voice. It's that kind of humor. He's a dry kind of humor kind of cat. Not yeah, okay. not so much the zany, over the top. Also, okay, also just a great movie. Yeah, I I can't movie. think of anything bad to say about Kiki's Delivery Service. It's just fun. It's, it, it's a nice calm movie where like not a lot happens, but like. Enough yeah. happens to the like in the story where you, it just keeps you kind of intrigued I, throughout the I entire. I remember as a kid being like, "Is something going to happen?" But also, I don't mind it if the sh- entire show is, "I'm doing a delivery service." Oh no, I can't use my my broom anymore. Okay, uh, I got really into doing my dis- delivery service like the bicycle way, and now I can. To use my broom again because like I just learned to live for like myself and not for my powers. And then the movie is like, uh, what if Dillinger is gonna like, or what are they? Dirigible. What if a dirigible almost crashes and she has to save the boy that's been like crushing on her the entire movie? And I was like, I'm okay with this too. But I would have also <laughs> been okay with the movie was like no one is in danger in this movie. This movie is about a girl that starts her delivery business. And then the danger gone, but uh, it's still a good. It's it's still a cool scene. Not really necessary, but um, that's some tension. Uh, so, it's just a good vibes movie. So on on track of good vibes movies, and also that the next I want your movie right now is a Ghibli film. So I'm going to double that with my next movie being a Ghibli film as well, and a movie that. I do know this movie has problems, but it takes me back to such a simpler time in my life that I just love this film. The music can just send me back there, and that is Howl's Moving Castle. I, first off, the the English dub for this is a whack cast. I will admit that. It is a whack cast. But the Japanese thought is fantastic. You can tell exactly when that movie came out. Oh, yeah. Like, it is literally like, hey, uh, Monsters, Inc. was a hit. Let's get Billy Crystal. Hey, people like the, that, that new Batman movie is coming out. Let's get uh, Christian Bale. It's just like a who's who of like who's popular in the mid-2000s. Oh, yeah. It's great. But Brian, I'm fighting it. What are you fighting, Richie? You know, I'm fighting what I want to say. What do you want to say? Uh, well, you can, brought I it, out, can I get out what I would like to say first? Because I like this yep. movie, and I want to I wanna say why before I remember that I shouldn't like it. Oh, give me why you like it, because I also love this movie. Um, so I, this was um, the first, like, I guess like a lot of people, between Kiki's Delivery Service, I watched Spirited Away, um... At some point, and I found it real spooky and scary because, like, I my only knowledge of Miyazaki somehow was Kiki's Delivery Service and Spirited Away, and that has like demons and pig people. And I was like, "Oh, spooky!" Um, and then I watched <laughs> House Moving Castle, and then 
there was one summer I had off from school where I wasn't doing anything in the summer and I'd wake up at like 10 in the morning every day and like just vibe because I didn't like have anywhere to be. And I think Indie Film Channel, for some reason, was like, why don't we just play Howl's Moving Castle every day? So every day I'd watch like different parts of Howl's Moving Castle every single day for two or three months. Because they just play it at this exact same time every day. Did you, did you at least get the whole movie? Uh, there was one point where, like, I I caught it before it even started, and I watched the whole movie through. Um, okay. I mean, like, I think I did watch it the whole way. Like, it was... I'd seen it in full before I saw this. It was just really interesting that for a good one, two months, I just could watch Howl's Moving Castle every single day. And just, like take a look at like focus in on like animations and stuff going on in the background because every single scene in this movie there is stuff moving like in the background like especially in the castle where like sophie will be talking to hal and you'll see stuff bubbling around in the back or like people chattering or like whenever there's like a, a busy city scene you'll see crowds walking around but like dust moving and like birds chirping oh, it's... so Miyazaki I... movie shouldn't be screenshot they are all gifs they and like are. every second of it should be a gif and i understand that there are problems in this movie but i think it is still a very beautiful movie and uh i just i really like the color scheme of it like it's got really rich colors and oh, I like it's, that part of it too it's gorgeous no it's no i this movie i rewatched it this weekend with a few friends um one of them uh that's actually a tattoo from this movie of the symbol, of like the house symbol and everything, and all that. And goddamn, this movie just yes, it has its glaring problems, and I know the plot's whack, but I don't know the plot. I I, I don't either. I don't know. I, what's really going I, I know the sub, I know the romance subplot, and I know Turnip Head. There's something there though. There, there's a right. castle that moves. That's the plot. There's a castle that moves. There's a girl that becomes old lady. Something can make her not old lady, but I don't know what. Um, there's a war, but like that's not important. Don't think about it. Um, Hal's supposed to fight in the war, but like he doesn't care, and nobody really seems like they're like, could you please fight on our side in the war? But like, if it's not a big deal, I guess that's fine. Like, it just be My, nice. What I don't I think this movie get it is that. There's a few things that really put awe on my face. And there's n- and one of the uh, moments where I can think of that. And for me it was... I got into anime from very young through other Ghibli... So I remember when How's Moving Castle like, came out. I remember renting it from Blockbuster. Putting it in for the first time being like... Just watching the castle move as a young kid. I was like, that's really fucking DVD gorgeous. DVD or VHS? Was that still a thing back then? That might have been not a big deal at that time. I don't remember. It could have been VHS. I remember watching the Digimon movie on VHS. I wanted to at least make one mention of the Digimon movie today. I know I have a VHS of Elf, and that came out in 2006. And that's so there's a possibility. That's the last VHS I ever remember buying. But, no, this movie is just... Just watch it because it's pretty. Like, it's pretty and fun. Just At watch some it. point, you have to watch every Miyazaki movie. Pr- yeah, anime. pretty much. It is written in the anime like law. Laws. It's it's number yeah. three. Like you watch every episode of, of <laughs> or every Miyazaki series. You watch at least like three 
Shonen Jump animes and realize they're all bad by the time you're like 20. Like, I th- that should be a rule, at least. If you're still like Naruto, like, if you still think Naruto is good at 25... I think you're 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 socially repressed, and you need to. Sweet, I got like one more year to keep this belief. I I I have the belief. I am twenty five. Thank you for attacking <laughs> me like that, John. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think it's got good moments, but I think at some point the writer is just like, I don't really give a shit what happens. I'm just gonna do whatever my editor oh, says. We're not gonna get the Naruto right now, Richie. What is your Ghibli, if your final pick and your Ghibli pick. Hold on. First, I want to go back to Howl's Moving Castle really quickly. No, you're not breaking this up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I promise. It's not going where you think it is. I promise. Okay. I do enjoy Christian Bale's performance in Howl's Moving Castle. I do actually enjoy it. (laughs) I'm, I'm down with that. It was uh, it was good. Like Billy Crystal yeah. with Calcifer is amazing. It is very understated, but like, yeah, I think I think this is one of my more preferred uh, of the Ghibli movies that got like a big celebrity cast. Like, I think some of them haven't aged super well because you can tell, like, oh, they're just doing that thing. But I think everything in Howl's Moving Castle like fits in together, partially because Howl's Moving Castle is such a weird dis disparate movie of like parts and pieces like plugged together um but i yeah. think in terms of casting it works out and so with that i think we're a good place to stop of howls yeah where, where are we going where are we going richie you know we've been keeping that like feel good like trope going right yeah. now like like we've been having like a really good like wholesome conversation mm-hmm. i'm about to fucking ruin that we're gonna talk about princess mononoke okay the first time I ever watched this film, I think it was either on Disney Channel or uh, like ABC Family, like during one of the like weird times, like they're like, "Hey, we're showing a Saturday night movie." I'm going to tell you right now, that shit was never on Disney Channel. Disney does not allow straight up arrow beheadings on on, on Disney Channel. Like, but it was ABC I, Family. Definitely, I, it, I can see it on ABC Family. So, I mean, they allowed Hocus Pocus on Disney Channel. And, and we all know there, there's some stuff in that movie. So Princess Mononoke being on Disney Channel like wouldn't surprise me. Like especially if it's like eight at eight p.m. on a Saturday night. I guess so. Like even a Friday night, it would. I feel like it would fit. Um, <laughs> but I remember like watching this for the first time, which this was my first um, Miyazaki film. And also, I'm learning this today. My first exposure to Neil Gaiman. Because he's the he did the English adaptation version of uh, yeah he pushed for it to come to the states yeah and like I I'm realizing how much I love Neil Gaiman so much um but oh, the fucking I just, something special I just watched this movie today again mm-hmm. for the first time in probably about a year um it's a lot fucking darker than I remember. Like, I remember, like, <laughs> kind of the comment you made earlier, John. I remember the movie being dark, but it's always darker than I remember. Yeah. Like, when he's carrying um, the girl out of the town after, like, she's trying to assassinate the, the like, head chief of the, the village. And he's like, no. 
like, no, I'm just gonna carry her out of here. And then he gets shot, and he's, I'm like, I don't fucking remember this. I don't remember this being yep. a thing. And he's just like, yep, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be a badass good guy and just carry her out. Even though I have a giant bullet hole in my chest at the moment. Do we remember the whole leopard scene in that movie? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, no, that movie touches on some dark shit. And like, like it for me, and like a Miyazaki film, like, I'm like, you know, like he has some really good, wholesome films, you know, like My Neighbor Totoro, Hell's Moving Castle, Kiki's Delivery Service, um, Spirited Away's even got like its wholesomeness. I don't really remember much of that movie gonna be honest there um i feel like princess mononoke might be one of the darker i think it might be his darkest film correct me if i'm wrong he does not ever get that dark after princess mononoke so it's it's fucking wild uh i haven't seen the wind rises i know that's about a guy who made world war ii planes that killed people so that might be dark in the like i'm an old man and like as an adult you're like man you can sometimes get away with doing terrible things. That's like an adult problem. But like, in terms of like death, murder, s- s- demons and spirits fighting each other, Mononoke is definitely like that is dark in every way, shape, and form. Like, you know, it's like, hey, do you want a really heartwarming moment? Too fucking bad. You're you're getting like straight death through this movie. Okay, like we're gonna mm-hmm. start it off with you know. We're just having like it's a nice open field, you know. We got we got this young guy. He's riding his uh, deer thing. I I don't know what the hell that creature's called. His mount. We'll just call it his mount. Like, hey, let's go talk to this old guy over in the tower. Oh, uh, what what the hell is that? What is this creature crawling out of the uh, the forest? Oh, it's a boar being consumed by a demonic energy. Okay. Slug eel thingies just slipping and sliding all over the place. And then you learn that it infects people. It's a demon that just starts infecting people. Which, by the way, a pretty cool infection. Like, at first he's like, ah, hot to the touch. And I'm like, oh, that sucks, man. I hope you get better. And then he's like, shoots an arrow, beheads someone. And then he, like, (laughs) punches things. I'm like, okay, so what's, how is this a curse? Because it seems like you're Superman now. You're just, like, shrugging off, like... By the way, that bullet hole is, like, the size of this head on my shirt. Like, it's not like, oh, I got a bullet hole through my chest. It's like, no, my entire stomach and guts are missing. It, it's it's back. It grew back. Oh, yeah, like, it, it's it's such a damn good, like, it has me on my the edge of my seat, like, the entire time, each time I watched it. There's... And... What's that? Oh, just where... There's another part where we're talking still about characters and stuff in the beginning of it and all that. I want to give a shout out to this movie for the strong women in this movie. Oh, hell yeah. Lady Ibushi of the Iron... What is it? The Iron... I forget. The Ironworks? I, I believe. So. Which she's that, played by um, Manny Driver in the English yeah, version. And she... She captures it. It's, she's just a badass. She, she's kind of a bitch. She like, is, but a, she... She does what she needs to to take care of her town. Oh, yeah. What I like about this movie is that it proves that Miyazaki is a capital F feminist because these all of these characters are strong, driven. They have their individual arcs, and some of them are some of them suck. 
some of them are awful human beings or but part of the what I like about this movie so much is that there's like a billion factions and none of them are 100% right. And that includes what you would think would be the protagonists of the film or the, the heroic sides of the film. And that's the animal spirits. They're not 100% right either. All the animals are like, forest spirit kind of sucks. He He's yeah. supposed to protect us, but like it, sometimes he doesn't. And like the gorillas are just like, I don't give a shit. Like, fuck him. He's not helping us. Yeah. Like when they're running away and, um, is it San? Is that her name? She's like, what are you guys doing? And he's like, Hey, he doesn't care about us. We're just running. Like, get out of here while you can. And like, what I like about the female characters is that, uh, she's trying to take care of these women who their options to survive were either be prostitutes or, and then she brings them, collects them into a village where they can be protected and they can survive on their own. And what I like is that it doesn't shame them for the fact that they were prostitutes because all of these women fuck. Like they're like, like this guy shows up and they're like, I know I have a husband, but like, look at this dude. I did that. (laughs) And like, it's, you're not supposed to be like these these ladies, they're so rude. No, the movie is very much like these women can get it, and they're they're right, they're right, and they should say it. And I respect well, it because, like, you don't see that in a lot of anime where women are like like that and the and portrayed as like not a negative aspect. And so, like, you bring that up, and like one of the like I think badass moments is when the three samurais are riding up to the village, and the girls are just standing on top of the wall. And, like, they're just pointing their guns at him, and they're like, hey, don't come any fucking closer. Like, fuck around and find out. We're yeah, ready. And one of them does fuck around, and he found out find really out. quickly. Yep. Oh. God, hell of a film. God, it's such... It, like, and if you look at the English cast, like, Keith David's the narrator, but he's also Okado. And I'm like, that's, that's perfect. Like, you get mm-hmm. the, like, deep voice not Morgan Freeman, but also like on par with Morgan Freeman, in my opinion. Like, I I loved David growing up. Like, I mean, I think my first like, break to him was Agent Cody Banks, where he's the the leader of the FBI or the CIA, whatever fucking organization they were. Uh, But also you have uh, Jada Jada Smith, Gillian Anderson, Mm -hmm. uh, Billy Bob Thornton is in the movie. Which somehow I it worked. I it I didn't. Worked. I when I first because like Mononoke, um, I discovered it around the time when I was like actually aware of anime. So when I saw Billy Bob Thornton, I was like, oh, they're doing that thing. And then I watched it, and I'm like, oh no, he he rocks it because that character is a dirty scoundrel that claims to be a monk and abuses his connection to the spirit realm for for his own gain. And that's how Billy Bob Thornton plays him as like. One of those country guys that's like, oh yeah, I'm just a humble farmer going around. Oh, pickpocketed. He just stole my wallet. Yep, that's, that's the guy who plays. Hey, I have a, a funny story. Is that I saw it last year for the first time because I've seen it like two or three times, and every time I saw it with my group of friends, I was like, hey guys, I'm really tired. I pulled an all nighter. Let's not watch a serious movie. And someone's like, let's watch Princess Mononoke on this random night where we're just hanging out. And I was like, let's bust it out. And I fall asleep halfway through, not because it's bad, 
just because like I'm so I was so sleep deprived that like as soon as like <laughs> the show gets not violent, I'm like just pass out. It, it gets um, but, not violent for like five minutes, and then it just goes back to violence. I, I feel like the the scene with like the spirit lasts a little chunk because it's always that scene where he's just like walking around and everything's like, and that's a cool thing about the movie is it gets dead silent. Like there's no sound effects. Oh, yeah. and it's like so respectful it, of the. It's a very creature. visual heavy movie too. Like like mm-hmm. I thought this was like a maybe it could have been like a 2006 2007 movie, 97. Yeah. It's a 97 movie, and it, like there are certain scenes where it just looks like I'm surprised it holds up as well as it does. Like it holds up on par with like how the visuals on Lord of the, Lord of the Rings are. Yep. Like it's just visually stunning. It well, is 97. I, this came out before Toy Story 2. Like yeah. think about think about compare those two films. Yeah, <laughs> like how badly t- Toy Story when, 2 is. When I think about. Princess Mononoke, the thing that always sits out to me for the beauty of it is when they're walking through the forest and the co- the, the, the little children of the trees, I can never think of their names. Uh, I think called Kokiri? Yeah, Kokiri? Yeah. Kokiris? Kokiris? When they begin to all shake together and all that and all the different face patterns they have and they're not all of them really look that similar. And all that. The little attentions to detail, that's where I really notice it, is when those trees. And it's just gorgeous. It's just gorgeous. Oh, it is. And, like, it's so smooth and how everything moves. Kodama spirits. That's what they were. Kodama, thank you. And I think that's the best best way to end that, Richie, is that it's just a smooth, good movie. It is. It is. It is. And with that, what is your third and final movie, John? So I was gonna I was gonna maintain this ride since I started with like really intense upbeat movie and then like a chill vibes movie that's just like neither I don't want to say intense or negative it's just like solid the way through so I'm gonna follow Richie's lead and my final one is going to be the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya. All right, which is the like Metal Gear Solid Four of anime movies. Where it's really, 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 really good, but you need so much backstory to enjoy it because you have to have seen Haruhi season one, 26 episodes, no problem. You have to see Haruhi season two and the Endless Eight within it because, like, a plot point of the Endless Eight is in this movie. But the weird part is that if you are me, and you did watch both seasons of Haruhi Suzumiya and consider it one of your favorite animes of all time, this movie just wrecks you emotionally. Oh, um, it... Haruhi is the blueprint for a lot of animes I like now. It hit right when my taste in anime was changing from Shonen to Slice of Life. Yep, and it hits. It I know terms so like Tsundere and Moe and Kawaii from Haruhi Season 1. Haruhi yeah. Season 1 is basically like, welcome, you are a weeb now. Here are all the weeb yeah. things you need to know. You are, yeah, now, you are now one of those people. I'm sorry. Here you go. Like you can watch and this and walk at the same time. You'll get everything you need. Yep. <laughs> um, but oh, son of a bitch. My, my list is growing. As for... Her, the disappearance is... 
I would say the end cap, but it's not the end cap of the horror he story. Yeah, there are like t- there are ten novels total, and I think this was this covers the fourth. This one. is seven, I believe. Is it the oh, fourth yeah. one? I thought it was like the fourth or the fifth, because the, the first three are in seasons one and two, and then I think this was either the fourth or the fifth. Like it is mm-hmm. the next one from where the season two ends. Yes. Um, but. I'm gonna the the general premise for the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, um, the the premise for Haruhi the show is that Kion main character Kion is a regular freshman in high school and he's like I am a high school boy it is time for me to become an adult so I'm taking all of the things that I like like video games and mangas I am not about that life anymore I am a grown up into about to enter the beginning of society so now I'm going to be serious and not engage in shenanigans. And then he meets a girl named Haruhi, who stands up to introduce herself and is like, hello, I think time travelers, uh, psychics, and people who go through dimensions, espers, are all real fucking cool. Please talk to me. If you're not one of those three, get the fuck up. I don't give a shit. I want to meet aliens. I want to meet time travelers. I want to meet psychics. I want to meet people who slide through dimensions. And somehow she ends up meeting all of them because this is that kind of a show. And Keon is at first like, this girl is ridiculous. What the hell? And then she's like, I'm starting a club called the SOS Brigade where we're going to find weird shit. And then everyone that joins the club is one of the weird shit. Um, and then on top of that, it plays with tropes. So like, she's like, in addition to like aliens, time travelers, and espers, I want anime weirdness. I want to find a mysterious transfer student. Mysterious transfer student shows up. I need a kawaii moe girl that I can make, like, jokes about and that will, like, be, like, ooh-woo and, like, trip over herself. Bam! That shows up. I need an alien. Um, the quiet girl that was sitting in the literature club room that she's, like, move over. This is our room now. And she's, like, okay. That's an alien. And she's, like, got glasses and is really quiet. And for most of the show, she's just, like, um, she's the ray of the show. Like, whenever, when I saw this show, I was like, oh, she's Ray from Evangelion. And disappears takes a shift and makes her one of the main characters, while in most of the show, she's sort of a joke character where weird stuff happens and she's like, mm-hmm. ah, that's weird, but I don't react because I'm an alien without emotions. And so the premise of disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya is Kion wakes up, Haruhi has never gone to his school anymore. He has never met Haruhi Suzumiya. Haruhi Suzumiya goes to a different school. Everyone else still goes to his school. And he doesn't know why. And everyone acts like... Because in this world, no one knows her. And his best friend is Yuki Nagato. And Yuki Nagato is no longer a, a, the like serious type that is always like speaks in a monotone voice. And is super genius. She is like a very shy... Like an actual shy, insecure nerdy girl with glasses and he's like you have to know what's going on because she's like the smart one that always tells what's going on because she's an alien with super superhuman intelligence and it's just them trying to figure out what's going on in this world and her sort of like becoming aware of her alien self in the other dimension and it's it's just it is it is an entire hour and a half maybe 2 hours dedicated to what a what if storyline 
And it does that thing where by the end of the movie, the movie is like, all right, time to go back to things to the way things should be. We're going back to the real world. And you're like, I don't want that to happen. I just want this version to be happy. I want both to coexist. And the show's like, no, you got to choose one. It hurts. I, there is a small amount of things that have like, I cry a lot. There are small things that make me ball that make me like, I was crying, like sobbing out loud. Like I was so glad that I was watching this alone on the weekend because like, if anyone was like nearby, they would have heard like, wailing coming from my dorm room in college it was probably the best way to watch it and um, with, without being embarrassed with that I, I that perfectly leads into my last movie which is five centimeters per second the first real big movie from the director of your name I need to watch which, this one. I which, feel really bad I haven't seen this one. I haven't. I'm Shinkai. Thank you, Momoto Shinkai. It was yeah. one of his first movies. It is called Five Centimeters Per Second. You can watch it on Crunchyroll. Oh, nice. And it is the story of a young boy's journey into love and how that affects him throughout different portions of his life. And some of those moments with love are fantastic and magical and all that, and some of them are very somber, because that's just what love is. And it captions the emotion of love near perfectly. It is a fantastic romance story cut down to 65 minutes. That's such a good time. And it is... It looks gorgeous today, still. It holds up near flawlessly. I don't think Makoto Shinkai has ever missed, like, visually. Oh, no, he doesn't. But this one, I... uh Uh-huh. I like your name, and I like um, weathering a few. They're fun. They're pretty. But the more grounded, real-world somberness in this movie is fantastic. I remember one of the big things that I was worried about with your name before it came out was that people were saying, you know, Makoto Shinkai, he doesn't like good endings. And then after it came out, because it took me a while to watch it, I remember people saying, Oh, that's nice. Makoto Shinkai made a movie with a good ending, the happy yeah. ending. Um, so I know, like, shit is gonna go down in five centimeters per second, and it does. And... So if I don't like, I I don't like your name. I I have. This it... is the anti your name. I picked this because I wanted to pick a romance story that from a director people would have heard of that does not feel like your name. Okay, so from what you've heard of my tastes, mm-hmm. would you think this would be a movie I would like if I did not like your name? Yes. Okay. I do know I've met people who say that your name is overrated and that this is like heads and tails above it. I, I am one of, I, I am that person. Hello. They 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 uh they do animation. Hello. That that would be me. 
And with that, we're going to move on to our last segment before, of course, plugs. And that is my manga recommendation, which is this week it is Sakamoto Days. It is only a chapter 14 now. It's brand new to Shonen Jump. And it is, imagine if John Wick, um, when he, he fell in love and decided to give throw away his life of that, but instead of living, you know, a perfect life, he ends up getting fat and working at a convenience store. Um, and then a hitman comes in and tries to kill him, so he has to go back while hiding yeah. from his wife and kids that he's still a hitman and deal with the ever-occasional assassination attempt. It has amazing action scenes and hilarious comedy. I, I wish this is what we got for John Wick 4, like in five, seven years. This I, is what I want. I, I just uh, booted up uh, the Shonen Jump app, and it was the first thing that popped up. Ryan, it knew. I downloaded the first chapter real quick, and just the first the first panels. I mean, just look at him. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> damn it and with that we get to plugs and Richie what you got to plug for me where can people find you Um, you can find me over at uh, twitter at Rich Dolphus or also over on my twitch channel twitch.tv slash Rich Dolphus where I will be um, playing a variety of games Uh, Ryan and I have been playing Magic the Gathering kind of coaching segments the past few times I've played that but like Valhalla I'm debating playing the Sims tonight for for a certain person because I made a promise <laughs> damn it but yeah that's where you can find me uh, Rich Dolphus on Twitter and twitch.tv slash Rich Dolphus if you come looking for quality content who boy you done goofed you come for the bad gameplay you stay for the laughs we do have peak comedy. We we do have the quality peak comedy. Oh yeah. And John, where can people find you? What are you up to? Is it alright if I say one last thing about the disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya? Sure. Um, what I you forgot got for? to mention this. Um but basically one of the big other big things about it is that the entire tone of the film is like dead serious. And the show is usually like this comedy with like some like introspective um existential moments but the show uh is very quiet there is not a lot of music and most of the music is very somber while the um the movie is like that and the show is usually very like upbeat there's a lot of like piano sounds or like synthesizer music that sounds like kirby music that's just like beep boop boop beep boop 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 if you um, <laughs> and then the movie is just like there's a lot of so- scenes that are completely silent with characters talking and that's it. There are, there is just like some stuff that is just like quiet, quiet violins or maybe a little cello in the background. It is very serious. And that is something that like feels, it it almost feels like you walked into the wrong movie for a second. You're like, I thought I was going to watch Haruhi and friends be like silly high school times. Um, All right. But as for plugs, uh, I am Twitter uh, at, at noisy shark. Um, I'm trying to do a bunch of things right now. I am 
working on a review for Super Mario 3D World. I just need to capture footage and then start editing and recording voiceover for that. Um, and then I'm also playing through Persona 5 Strikers, and I plan to review that because I'm just head over heels over Persona. Um, and so whenever I start getting those updated, because I have a YouTube channel, but it's still just like youtube.com slash word vomit numbers and letters so so <laughs> then you can just look at my twitter for memes Called all it. right and people can find me at ryan the lion 3055 for anime hot takes and whatever else i'll be up to where i'll be and what shows i'll be at here at the penultimate conquest which if you are listening on youtube I mean, watching on YouTube, please give us a follow and a subscribe. We we desperately need those things, and they help with the content. So, with that, we're closing out another episode of Anime Nation. Thanks for watching.